0: The Finley Toyota Studio. It's Cofield and Company.
1: Cofield and Company on this Monday. Adam Hill, Case Kiefer, into the final hour of the program. Former UNLV quarterback John Denton, former UNLV and Green Valley High School quarterback John Denton. Uh, Joining us coming up later this hour, Uh, we'll get you updates on the Jacksonville and New Orleans game, which is about to start with both Both teams are still undecided, if you believe what they say publicly, about their starting quarterback for the season, so a big game there in New Orleans on Monday Night Football to determine that, and a whole lot of quarterback talk coming up right now in the Big Five.
0: Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big
1: Five at Five number five. So, as I said, a lot of quarterback talk. Let's start a lot of NFL quarterback talk, but let's start in college football. There's a quarterback battle going on here locally at UNLV. We are in the final days, really. Uh, The countdown is on for the first UNLV football game of the season coming up at the end of next week. Still don't have much clarity here on who could be their starting quarterback we know the most popular name in terms of you know who people are interested in is tate martell who currently we believe is fifth on the depth chart um i don't really believe that he is but uh he is still working his way into some things so and working back from injury as well uh so seems to be kind of out of the mix a little bit uh what is your sense of maybe where this race is i know uh you have not been out there at practices. I have not been out there at practices. Cofield has, but uh, you know, your your colleague Mike Gramala has been covering a lot of this, and I think you've had to read some of his stories, which you know, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but no, he does he does a great job. Uh, so you you've been at least uh reading some about it. Where do you think this thing stands right now?
2: Yeah, wow, the hit to Gramala. I just remember reading uh. I think late last week he had mentioned something about how uh, Coach Marcus Arroyo would like to have a starter name to have that full week to prepare for Eastern Washington, which kind of looms as a big game for them to open their season (laughs) uh, at Allegiant Stadium. And, I mean, we're coming up on a week away now. They got five more days until uh, they'll be in – preparation for that game and we still haven't really seen tate martell practice in full at least from what i've heard he hasn't um out of the other guys you know i think justin rogers doug brumfield are the biggest names i've heard that you know maybe rogers looks the best and he might be the favorite right now i I, I don't know what to make of that but i think maybe if we were setting odds on it right now it's him but you know i wouldn't be surprised either if you know maybe that was just a wish of arroyos and he ends up
1: Prolonging this thing a little bit longer. Yeah, and Doug Brufield, I think, was the the leading candidate for much of the offseason uh in Arroyo's mind, I feel like. Um, to me, and I, you know, uh, some of it is just having seen it or having not seen it from certain guys, and you just don't know. I have seen Justin Rogers play at the highest of levels. I have seen him play at a very, very high level for one of the best programs in the country. Now it's been a long time. He's gone through injuries. He's, you know, transferred, learned new systems, all those things. But I've seen Justin Rogers do it. Um, I haven't seen it really from Brumfield yet. I think he's really talented. He's more than capable. Uh, but Justin Rogers would be the guy for me. Uh, but like I said, I haven't been out there at practice. I don't know where he is right now. I just think his talent is at a different level uh, than a lot of guys there. And then, of course, you've got the the Tate Martell situation, which. Is is a very very unique situation for a player that was a massive star in high school in this very city, was looked at as a can't miss surefire prospect at the highest levels of college football, and we just haven't seen it. So I know you saw Tate Martell quite a bit in high school. Uh, it's been a very strange college career for him. Um, what do you think his prospects are of potentially getting it together?
2: Yeah, it's funny. A lot of the description you used for Rodgers, the tantalizing potential and having seen it at the highest level, I feel like that could have just as easily been applied to Tate Martell, but just not in the college game. In high school, of course, won national championships at Bishop Gorman. I'm just I'm super intrigued to what both these guys can bring. I think more than likely we're going to end up seeing both of them in some capacity this season. uh, And we're going to get I just Tate Martell. I feel like can go so many different ways. Uh, I mean, the kid was absolutely electric in in high school i know sometimes he's a controversial figure some people you know don't like him don't want to be the unlv quarterback there is no denying what he did in high school it's just a question of it's been so long now i know it's only been what four or five years it seems like way longer hasn't really had productive stops at uh Ohio State and Miami, all things considered. I would not be surprised if he is all he's cracked up to be and, you know, it plays a role in revitalizing this whole program. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he gets on the field and doesn't produce much of anything at all. I just, I feel like the range is way wider than almost anyone else I can think of.
1: Number four. I'm going to switch up the order of things here from you guys. Apologize for that. Although the listeners have no idea that we're switching it up. I'm just telling you. Um. Mostly because I did a bad job of constructing the Big Five. But uh, college football starts this weekend. Let's go.
2: I'm it ready. Is, it is
1: here. We talked about, you know, if playing next week. They're playing next Thursday night in that Eastern Washington game. Um, but college football is here starting now. Uh, we talked about, you know, this being a lot about quarterbacks today. You sent me a note which just stunned me. I knew one of them. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson at UCLA. Gets ready to go into another season uh, as the quarterback down there, we think. Uh, I believe this is year nine for him at UCLA. He's a junior.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. I I was floored just like you, of course. Now, there is a caveat to this, a little asterisk that, of course, the NCAA is not making uh, players use a year of eligibility for last year's shortened uh, strange COVID season. But still he's going in a fourth year fourth year junior starter. How often have you been able to say that? I got to think <laughs> Dorian Thompson's one of the
1: first one in history. That is completely crazy and it would be the most stunning thing I've ever heard if you didn't also tell me that wait, this can't even be true. Who else is still a junior?
2: Adrian Martinez at Nebraska. Okay. Who seems like he's been there even longer, right? Well, even isn't... longer than Dorian Thompson Robinson. He had to have had, like
1: he had a brother, right? <laughs> I think he had a brother Adrian. that played before
2: him. <laughs> like like Pete and Pete, Adrian and Adrian? This is I mean, we can fact check, but I'm pretty sure he's still a junior. I guess it could be possible that I'm wrong and he's a senior but i think i think the reason why some of these guys get like this and especially in Adrian Martinez's case, is he was such a big recruit he was hyped up to be the turnaround of Nebraska football he probably early enrolled so we've really been hearing about the guy for almost 6 years he's in a he's another fourth year junior it is
1: completely preposterous i believe he's a, a Fresno guy actually um Fresno plays this weekend too there you go you i mean you are in you're excited about the the prospects of college football being upon us what I mean, I, I guess, what are the storylines you're watching for this week and not a whole slate of games?
2: Uh, well, we've already talked a lot about UCLA, but I'm I'm really high on the Bruins this year, actually. I think they're going to be right in the thick of things in the Pac-12. Uh, they're playing Hawaii, leading into that big game against LSU next week. Uh, where they, They're hosting LSU. LSU doesn't usually come out this far west. I think they're about a four-and-a-half-point dog, or at least that's what I bet them at. I, I'm, just, I'm really high on UCLA this year. It'll be interesting to see how they handle this Hawaii game with that big uh, – contest looming i do see it looks like they've taken some money today which is interesting i've I've seen a lot of talk about line moves in these early games and i kind of roll my eyes because the limits are just now opening up (laughs) so i'm I'm not worried about you know how much a game moved when you can get a thousand dollars max down on it all summer
1: we should point out not not unexpected we knew it was going to happen but Jameis winston did get the start for the saints who are uh, on the move right now we'll keep you updated what's going on in that game number three all right Continue with the quarterback discussions. We talked a little bit about this with Greg Bedard, but I want to get into it a little bit more. Cam Newton in COVID protocols for the next five days. So Mac Jones with all the first team reps in Patriots camp. It sounds like Cam Newton left the team for a couple of days. The official announcement was he had a medical procedure approved by the team on his own uh, away from the facility and that he continued to take daily COVID tests because he has to because he's not vaccinated but that it wasn't in compliance with protocols so he has to have a five day re-entry period back into the team of course if he was vaccinated he wouldn't have to go through that he could just come back to the team today Uh, Greg Bedard who was on with us us last hour who's covered the Patriots for a long time he's as in with the team as anyone he said he's not fully buying it he thinks that Jameis went home just for a couple days to see the kids because they had a couple days off and that he wasn't aware that he wouldn't be able to come right back to the team either way this is the kind of stuff we were talking about before the season with hey if you're not getting vaccinated you are putting your team and yourself uh, not just from a health perspective but from a competitive perspective from a football perspective in a very very weird situation Uh, but how much of an opportunity do you think this is for Mac Jones?
2: I just play Mac Jones. Can we just stop <laughs> with this? I'm like, I'm I, an Alabama I, guy. No, I, it's not. It's not because I'm super high on Mac Jones. And I actually would say I was probably lower on Mac Jones than most people before this preseason, which maybe I'm overvaluing. But I, I think he looks ready, and I'm just I'm sick of the whole. I feel like it's old, archaic thinking. Though no, we need to hold our quarterback out. We don't want to throw him out there right week one. Why not? We know, like, having a rookie quarterback that's productive and at the top of his game is the biggest advantage you can have in the NFL. If it's going to take a game or two, why not get those games or game or two out of the way? There's no way you're telling me Cam Newton at this state is much better than Mac Jones. I would rather just get Mac Jones out there anywhere, especially now with with this uh, situation. I I hope Mac Jones
1: starts week one. Isn't it easier to go for, like, I, I don't know how much this plays into it. It would play into it for me. Um, but I think it's easier to go from Cam Newton to Jones and from Jones back to Newton if, it, if he struggles. Because this is, this is not, you know, the Jaguars is a different situation, right? The Jaguars don't have much expectation. Um, I don't think the Jaguars even believe they're going to be any good. Uh, but they are, you know, in a spot where they haven't announced yet. I think, like to me, Gardner Minshew probably is more capable of winning games right now than Trevor Lawrence is. But I think you start Trevor Lawrence because you just need to get him ready. You don't have anything to play for. You're going to be out of the race. I think you just go with the young guy, let him develop. I think it's different if you're the Patriots in a playoff hopeful year, a year where you do have expectations, that if you start Cam Newton and he struggles and you have to go to Mac Jones, that's like rejuvenating for the team. If you start Mac Jones and then you have to go to Cam Newton, like, where's his mindset where's cam newton's mindset where's mac jones mindset for getting pulled like i think that should weigh into the, your decision
2: yeah I, I certainly could see that case and i i'm not saying you're wrong there could be a thing that i mean we saw how the, the dolphins ultimately didn't play out too well last year when they were you know uh bouncing back and forth between yeah. two and fitzpatrick you saw what happened in the last game but i just i try not to psychoanalyze these things too in depth because we're all everyone's so different i think that every situation so different i don't know how a specific team is going to respond now if we would have asked greg bedard this while he was on maybe he has a better handle on the patriots and you know mac jones's mindset but I, I think there's some guys that could shake it off easily and be fine if, if, if they get benched and be you know the same guy the next game then there's some guys that can't it really is a case-by-case basis i expect uh, Bill Belichick is one of the one of the guys I would give the benefit of the doubt to make the right decision, but you know, just from me, thousands of miles away, looking from the outside, I think the right decision is Mac Jones right now.
1: Um, and by the way, if you're anybody that's on Twitter right now, uh, yeah, it's breaking. Jameis Winston is awesome. That that throw that he just that he just put in the end zone—it uh, was also a great catch. Uh, pass interference it would have been on the one yard line anyway. Uh, but good lord, Jameis is good. I am—I mean, I'm an unapologetic Jameis guy, but he looked great I mean speaking of
2: foolish can we just give Jameis Winston this job and it's unlike so you I am stupid. not an unabashed Jameis guy I've been back and forth I think I remember having an argument with you I hated his final Florida State team that team was the <laughs> flukiest team they won every game at the end of the game they were not the same team that won national him. championship I wanted the Buccaneers to take Mariota over Jameis didn't happen I didn't like Jameis but now it, the guy's so much better than Taysom Hill and a lot of the interceptions everyone's make makes fun of him about last year was just a product of, of being in Bruce Arians. Offense be more tom Brady threw 12 interceptions last year. He hit, I think his over-under was seven and a half. He hit it by week eight. This is what happens with Bruce Arians. I just Jameis Winston I, could be a top 10 quarterback this year. Just stop with the well, of Hill nonsense.
1: Oh my goodness. Into double coverage, 40 yards down the field. Perfect placement. Oh, but he got <laughs> knocked over by
2: a dummy once. I couldn't run through. I I I am over the Jameis Winston hate. Start Jameis, and the Saints are gonna have a big year, in my opinion. There you
1: go. Number two. Uh, you just mentioned Tom Brady. <laughs> I can't even, I'll, you're a Bucks fan. I'll just let you go with this. Tom Brady says he's playing for a couple more years. I can't, I can't do this. You can't do it. Why? I, I can't, <laughs> I'm done with him. I can't, I don't want him around. I don't want his stupid quotes, his sound bites, his avocado ice cream nonsense. I don't want any of it. I'm done with him. I want him out. He apparently is never leaving.
2: Oh, it's so funny. Cause uh, I was always, I would never say I was a Brady hater, but I was kind of indifferent. My Buccaneers fandom is really not that strong. I don't care that much, but watching him last year, I'm all in. I love Tom Brady now. I might see I mean I I wanna go on the T B twelve diet. I love Tom Brady so much. I got his jersey when I went got a Super Bowl jersey when I went down to Tampa now. In fairness, I have been a Buccaneers fan my whole life, so I think that's that that's fair. I am I'm all I I was I didn't really like the move. I wanted Jameis to keep being the quarterback. <laughs> nice. That was clearly wrong. I can admit I'm wrong. I wrote a column that the Raiders should not pursue Tom Brady when that was the hot topic. <laughs> I think that was probably wrong, although I, I still think Derek Carr is an underrated guy. I'm all in on Tom Brady. He can stay for as long as he wants. After They didn't won a playoff game since the the John Gruden Super Bowl, and they went it last year. Now, I think the defense was the biggest part of it, honestly, but Tom Brady is a, a lifetime. He, he can stay as long as he wants. In I my will... Mind.
1: So I like Tom Brady when he's honest and when he like when he was on the shop. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it. No. Loved it. Great. Like I love when Tom Brady's like honest and says things. Except I don't like the subtlety. So I'll make this caveat. I want Tom Brady just gone. I don't want to hear about him anymore. I don't want him playing anymore. I'm done with him. Get out. Unless he tells us who he was talking about. Well, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to watch this now for sure. No, you, I mean, you saw the headlines, right? I mean, he said there was a team that was. Oh, yeah, right, right. That okay, pulled that's out, what you were talking about. Yeah. A team that pulled out at the last minute. And he's like, really, you're going to stick with that mother blanker. Um, and he still won't say who it's about. There's a good chance it's the Raiders, right? I, I mean, I think it was. I know people this weekend saw something that they thought they figured out that it was actually Tannehill that he's talking about. I think that makes some sense. Uh, that does. That's another match. But wait, did they play them last
2: year, though? I don't think so. No, because they, they wouldn't have played the AFC South. They, they
1: I don't might think have they both.
2: did. No, yeah, I don't think they did.
1: Because the, the other part that played in was Brady, you know, at least kind of indicated that whatever the team was, he went out and crushed. Oh, then the so that's why it Raiders fits the Raiders. Are, yeah, the probability is going up. Yeah. the more you say. Now he didn't specific. He just said, you know, "Oh, you don't want me? I'm going to go out and crush you." And so th- I took that to mean that that's that he went out and did that last year, which would absolutely fit the Raiders. I still think it is. If Tom Brady says who he's talking about specifically, I'm back in. He can play as long as he wants, but until then, I'm done with him. Number one. And we were just talking about the Raiders, so we'll continue talking about the Raiders. Trevor Lawrence, not as good of a. First series, as James Winston had, by the way, ends with a sack and they punt it away. Um, we do have a lot to talk about with the Raiders, what we've observed, what we've seen out of practices. Also, what happened on Saturday night. We'll hear some sound from John Gruden and maybe the star of the game as well. Uh, but we'll continue talking about the Raiders on the other side.
0: It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000.
3: I just like the energy on our sideline. Our young people have, have gotten better and found a way to win two football games, no matter what the stakes are. Peterman backs up into the gun. Regas is alongside. Peterman backs
0: the throw. Pump fake. Now comes to the end zone. Got a man. Even touchdown!
1: Jackpot, baby! Now, back to Coalfield & Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Back here, Coalfield & Company, on this Monday, coming up in just about five minutes. We'll hear from former UNLV quarterback John Denton, see what he's been up to and uh, what his thoughts are coming into this season. Certainly uh, never got to play home games at a place like Allegiant Stadium. We'll ask him his thoughts on the current state of the UNLV program. Uh, But it was Raiders football on Saturday. They had their game against the Rams, their second preseason game, following it up uh, on uh, the practices that they had down there. Uh, Let's hear a little bit from John Gruden about some of the emerging young players.
3: We've seen the emergence of some of our young players, and um, you know, with Gerald McCoy coming to get some at bats and Divine Diablo returning, Isaiah Johnson's going to jump in and play this week. Carl Joseph didn't play tonight. We're hoping to get him on the grass next week. So, you know, we've got a lot of guys to look at. Mariota hasn't been able to play. Um, So, with that being said, we want to continue to see who the backup running back can be. We don't know how long Rashard is going to be out. So we're going to continue to do what we think gives our team the best chance to uh, showcase their skills and keep the right guys.
1: Yeah, I think people are very excited about uh, that depth running back spot with Jalen Richard Rashard still missing uh, what happens there between B.J. Emmons and Trey Regis. I thought uh, Trey Regis once again looked really good. B.J. Emmons, to me, uh, just runs so hard uh, every single time he has the ball. So I, I, I like watching him. But, again, we talked about this. And in case a lot of people, when they're watching running backs, watch them run the ball. And that is such a small part of making an NFL team as a running back. Like there's thousands of guys that can run the ball. Your job extends way beyond that. And that's going to be a lot of what determines, you know, which of these guys, if either makes the team.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think Emmons has popped a little bit more uh, to me watching, you know, not only the preseason games, but in practice. And that's tough for me to say because I was, I came into the, training camp excited to see Trey Ragus. And I don't necessarily think he's done anything wrong. I just really liked watching him at a ULL. I thought he was pretty good for an undrafted prospect, but I don't know. I I, I think BJ Emmons just, I don't know. He he seems like a pro already. He seems like he has a good grasp on what's going on and uh, he can be an explosive runner as well. If you're making me pick between the guys, I think Emmons would be my
1: guy. There you go. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a lot about who picks up the blitz and who, who is making the right reads in the, uh, the passing game, that sort of thing. I was going to determine a lot of which of those guys makes the team. They can both run. Trey Regis put a move in a practice on uh, Dallin-Levitt that was just unbelievable. Uh, so both, both can play very well, but uh, definitely fi- want to find out who makes the team. We know one guy that's making the team that's a rookie. Uh, one guy stood out above all else on Saturday, and there was a lot of raving about him.
3: Yeah, if you watch it carefully, he played nickel to start the game and did excellent there. And then um, we moved him outside. We have some corners hurt. Damon Arnett couldn't go tonight. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon went went out early, so he went outside and played very well and made some impact plays. And I don't usually give out game balls for preseason victories, but
1: Nate Hobbs got one tonight. Well deserved. <laughs> Nate Hobbs just makes plays. It's it's unbelievable watching him practice, games, whatever. Uh, sometimes you just you got those guys and they don't project a certain way, and you know NFL teams kind of. You know, maybe look down on them in the drafts, and they just you just put them on a football field, and they play. And I think that's the case with Nate Hobbs. Whenever I watched him at Illinois, uh, he was always around the ball. He was always showing up. Um, Again, not necessarily the most projectable guy, but then you put him on a field in the NFL, and yeah, it's only preseason and it's only practices that we're watching him. But he has stood out just about every single day. Yeah, and
2: you missed the the first place he ever stood out, even not even on the field. I'll never forget his news conference after he was drafted the guys like vowing that he's going to be the the best underdog he's going giving these super detailed answers about his upbringing his background and what he's playing for and i was just like from that moment like this is a guy that you're going to root for and you hope makes the team and you hope that he can be good and he's just been outstanding uh I, I agree with you. I'm the kind of guy that's not projectable. I mean, a, a draft analyst I really trust that I'm friends with absolutely hated that pick, said that he was <laughs> undrafted, shouldn't be there. And I was thinking, like, oh, that's too bad. As I, I was really hoping this guy would be something. And, I, I mean, he not now he looks more like he should be, like, a, a higher-round pick than an undrafted. I think uh, Nate Hobbs every day uh, shows up, and that's come across in the preseason games. And I think it's got to be a really welcome sight to Raiders fans, who I've also learned just – are above and beyond with their dislike for nevin lawson at the slot cornerback <laughs> well, spot he's going to be
1: suspended again <laughs> yeah, to start the season. Yeah, he's
2: not going to play at the start of the season i think uh that that's just another reason why i think people are rallying around uh nate hobbs so much but uh, you know seeing that he can play outside as well uh, against the rams i don't know the guy just he certainly looks like the full package
1: yeah he's not only making plays in the passing game as a corner uh both games he's shown up in the blitz and gotten the quarterback and also on special teams this week and people were raving on him. Let's hear what Nate Hobbs had to say about his performance.
3: Um, not not really, because the way um the way, you know, my mama raised me, I was raised to be humble. And I, at the end of the day, I feel like it's God put me in these positions. I feel like I feel like I'm making the plays and I'm doing what I gotta do, but at the end of the day I feel like it's God put me in this position. I gotta give all the glory, to him. So I'ma always be humble.
1: Well, it's you covering guys, not God, but that, that's fine. He can give credit to whoever he wants to. Uh, he's been great, and I know there's a lot of excitement around the team uh, about Nate Hobbs. Uh, we'll see if he continues that because right now, looking like he could potentially be a day one starter for the Raiders, which would be a pretty crazy accomplishment, a pretty amazing one uh, for a guy that you know some people thought might not even get drafted uh, and fell so far in the draft of the Raiders. May have found a gem, but of course we won't know until it's the regular season but he's just showing up and making plays all over the place, just like John Denton once did when he was at UNLV. Uh, Put up some big numbers there as a freshman uh, at at UNLV. Also, uh, a Green Valley high school legend. We'll hear what he's got going on and uh, what he's been up to and also what he thinks about the state of the UNLV football program next.
0: Stick around. Cofield & Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios. We've got 17 games to play this year, and I think they understand that to throw a rookie out there in the first game of the season, they don't have to do that. Uh, Why not start the year with a starter who is a leader, unquestionable leader in Cam Newton on your team, and bring that rookie along. Let him see live bullets for two, three, four games, and reassess after a month. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio.
1: Back here Cofield and Company on this Monday, it's, it's quarterback day. We've been talking about quarterbacks a lot, um, both in the NFL and college and quarterback battles and things going on all over the place. We're watching right now uh, the Saints and Jaguars with Jameis Winston looking great early on in his battle with Taysom Hill. On the other side, Trevor Lawrence has struggled, as you might expect from a rookie, uh, as he tries to battle out with Gardner Minshew. Not sure if there's an actual battle going on there or not, but uh, we'll certainly find out as the season gets closer. Uh, but we do have somebody who actually has thrown a ball very impressively, unlike myself, and I'm speaking for Case here as well, uh, John Denton, former Green Valley High School star, uh, standout at UNLV, and uh, a long-time Las Vegan, joins us on the program right now. John, how's it going, man?
0: Doing well, guys. Uh, thanks for having me and inviting me on tonight, man. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on. So, you know, we're talking a lot about quarterbacks right now and, um, you know, things that are going on, and we just heard – uh, you know, some comments there uh, about you know different you know expectations and and things like that that are wow another ridiculously good throw by Jameis Winston while we're while we're speaking. Um, I, I know that listen, it's different at the NFL level, it's different at the college level, it's different at every level, but expectations are a pretty crazy thing, and I think that is something that you have dealt with. I mean, you came into UNLV a ton of expectation and a ton of, you know, people wanting to see what you were going to do and uh, played extremely well. But sometimes those expectations can be tough for a kid, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, I played well when I got there, but I also took a, uh, took some lumps, you know, when I was there as well, just from uh, from an expectation standpoint, I think they got to, they got, they got to me in a little bit, uh, from, from a personal standpoint, just, uh, was uncomfortable being put in those situations. And, you know, God forbid there wasn't any, uh, social media back then. Right. And that's, uh, that was one of the probably, you know, who knows what would have happened with all that stuff back then. But the expectations for these guys in the NFL now coming in, you know, from a fan base, right? These guys want Justin Fields and, you know, Matt Jones and all these guys to take snap one game one. And sometimes it's not always the best situation to put these guys in for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, how do you just We're want to talk about, you know, some quarterback situations now and, and what you think of some guys, but um, how do you look back on your time at UNOV?
0: Um, honestly, someone asked me that the other day, and I, honestly, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, I learned some lifelong lessons during my three and a half years there. Um, you know, I met some of my best friends in the world that I have today, still there. So again, I, I wouldn't have my three kids had I had I changed the course. I wouldn't. I would have be married twenty years to my wife. So there's a lot of good things that, that that came out of that. But when you look at it from from a selfish, personal player standpoint, you know, I obviously left there early. Um, there's a chip on my shoulder to this day that you know I still should hold every single passing record for that university, and you know to, for them not to be broken still, some of them to this day is is pretty cool. Um, but I, I still I still had some unfinished business. I think that uh, had I just made the decision to uh, to suck it up and stay and not transfer my uh, my junior year, I would have uh, had I would have had I would have made some some receivers uh, obviously happy, right? But I also would have, you know, they would have been a a lot higher in the record books too. And we would have made our stamp that, you know, that four years is probably some of the greatest years of uh, UNLV history.
1: I I, want to get your perspective on what, you know, how much different your career maybe was or could have been, or I don't even know exactly uh, how to phrase that, but I want to tie it into Tate Martell, who is back in in Las Vegas. Now a guy who was a massive, you know, prep star here has gone elsewhere. Um, to you know, go through his college career. hasn't necessarily worked out, but now he's back here in town. Uh, you're a guy who stayed here. He's a guy that's coming back here. But what is it like on that bigger college stage when you are a guy who has had so much success in high school here in Vegas?
0: Well, I think for, for staying home, for me, um, I could have went multiple different places across the country and had offers for a lot of different places. But for me, it was – it was unselfish. I wanted to play in front of my family. I wanted to play in front of my mom, my dad, my my parents. I'm from the West Coast, so I had all kinds of family on this side. So so it was selfish for me that way. But when when somebody asked me the other day, how do you compare yourself with this Tate Martell and I there really isn't a comparison. I, I played 2 years. I started 20 some games, you know, I've thrown for over actually I, I've thrown for over 8,000 yards in my career, right? There there is no comparison when you're talking about on the field stuff, right? I don't Have a clue what the kid goes through on a daily basis off the field because I don't have a million followers. I think I got a couple hundred on my Twitter that I just started (laughs) like in January, right? So I don't have, I don't have that, that, that kind of sense of what he goes through, but you know, I don't wish that stuff upon anybody because again, this kid has had the microscope and he's thrown 45 passes. Um, and for, I see it on Twitter, and for everybody to come in and say he's the savior, again, those are type of expectations you were referred to here a little bit ago, that it might be just kind of out of whack right now. And um, let him get his first couple snaps, let him get the, the, the thumb thing off, and let him let him get acclimated before we start, you know, putting him on a pedestal above the other guys that are in there working their tails off as well. So. I, again, the comparisons were are, are very unlikely for me, and um, I just think from a big time standpoint, he's obviously went to an Ohio State where, where I started at UNLV. Um, I could have had a chance to fo- or had a chance to follow Coach Stubbs back in the day to Alabama. Um, chose to stay home and, and and play for the hometown Rebels, but um, it would have been it would have been cool to see that type of big time program for sure.
1: And that is the voice of John Denton. As he mentioned, he is on Twitter now. You can follow him at Johnny underscore Utah. J o n n y underscore Y U T A H and uh, I follow him. You should too. Uh, get up there on on social media. Uh, what, else, uh, what, what else? What else? What else? What else? You've been up to? And uh, I know you've been doing uh, some work out there. So where, where can people find some of the stuff you're working on?
0: Yeah, so we're um, I'm on uh, W K T Y uh, every Tuesday and Thursday morning, number one sports show out of uh, in, in Wisconsin out of La, La doing a couple, a uh, couple segments with a guy, everybody might know on the show here, Dave Carney, a longtime guy that's been in uh, sure. Vegas. Uh, he's out in Wisconsin now. So we're just bringing some Vegas related stuff and some, who we're betting on, who we're throwing money on and <laughs> um, just all kinds of, just what we're doing now, really talking sports quarterbacks. And um, other than that, it's uh, I've been doing software sales for 15 years and um, you know, it's that's not, not a glamorous job, but uh, everybody needs cybersecurity. Everybody needs sure. data compliance software nowadays. So it's a, uh, paying the bills and uh, allows me to do some uh, some of this other stuff like talk to you guys and then do some of this other radio stuff so um it's pretty cool
1: yeah good stuff for sure uh you you played at UNLV when they were out at Sam Boyd Stadium which had charm I enjoy it out there yeah. but it was not Allegiant Stadium and uh the facilities at UNLV were not uh the Fertitta Football Complex that we see now uh how, how much of a game changer is that for the program going forward
0: well, I live about 25, 30 minutes from the Missouri border out here in Iowa. So I've learned for the last 10 years I've lived out here that there's different forms and different oh. versions of charm to people, <laughs> right? So um, when you say charm in Sam Boyd Stadium, to me, I just remember getting uh, getting a few concussions, getting banged up, uh having to sniff, sniff smelling salt against Hawaii one time. Um, but when you talk about having to work out where we worked out, and even – Even my the year that I played, I think it was my sophomore year. They opened up the 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 brand new weight room portion of uh, of the athletic facility in the coach's office. Um, Even that gave us a boost in in, in recruiting and got some guys to flip over from from other schools in the Pac twelve or Pac ten at that time. Um, But when you talk about forty fifty million dollar stadium, you know facility that they they, they're practicing now. I was at the uh, uh, spring game. I think it was uh, late April. Um, and I tell you what, man, it's, uh, that's a game changer when you can do everything on one campus in one house. Um, it's a, it's a way for these coaches to keep you know, obviously a close eye on these guys and, um, the facilities are game changer. Obviously it's, it's not a, it's not a secret anymore that these facilities, especially, uh, I live out here close to Nebraska. They just spent 155 million on an upgrade. So the bigger the better and the bigger the, the bigger the conference you are, the more money you got to spend on these facilities.
2: Well, John, we've asked you a lot about UNLV, but you said you're also uh, really tuned into the gambling side of things and uh, breaking down the upcoming football team. So obviously every day it's a big Raiders day here, so we got to ask you, what's, what's your <laughs> handicap on the Raiders? We've seen a 7.5 win total, uh, as high as 25-1 to one to win the AFC West. I've seen, of course, that's a big uh, ask with Patrick Mahomes. But what, how do you handicap the Raiders going into the year?
0: So I'll just flat out let you guys know. I'm, I'm obviously a, a, a born and raised in Las Vegas, and the closest team for me growing up was the Chargers. So... I'm a die-hard Charger fan, so giving giving some love to the hometown Raiders has taken a lot a lot from me these last uh, this last couple of years. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, I definitely think they they're a six-win team this year. I, I don't see them going over six wins. Um, that's just my opinion uh, from from a defensive standpoint. Uh, there's just too many questions for me um, on the defensive side of the ball that that we haven't seen. Now that may shift uh, in the beginning of the season when these guys start playing together for real, but um, You know, too much, too many question marks for me on the on the defensive side. That's why they're trying to reach out to the uh, to the Khalil Mack trade uh, that they that they missed out (laughs) on here.
1: Uh, You have any concern as a Chargers fan that there's regression from Justin Herbert?
0: Oh yeah, obviously. I (laughs) mean, man, that was an unbelievable year. But um, you know, I think when you know when and and again, I love Anthony Lynn. He's a UNLV grad, right? I I I never speak bad about another player or coach, but he had some awful decision makings, uh, you know, as as you guys have probably pointed out in your shows last year, that, that cost these guys a lot of, uh, a lot of downs, a lot of drives and even some games. And I think with that being removed and somebody a little bit more prone to the details, um, I think it's going to help him out. Um, Now, defensively, they lost a few people, um, but they did replace a few. So we talk about regression, man, it's going to be hard to top what he did last year. Um, He's going to have to have an MVP caliber season to, to do that. And, um, anywhere close, I'm, I'll be satisfied with as long as he remains healthy and plays all seventeen. I'm, I'm happy with that.
1: There you go, John. We really, really appreciate the time, man. Good to hear from you. And uh, well, we'll try to check out what you're doing. We'll probably have you on again very soon if that's cool with you. And uh, follow Johnny Utah on Twitter, J O N N Y underscore Y U T A H. And uh, real pleasure hearing from you, man. Good, to, good to hear from you.
0: Yeah, thanks again, guys, for having me on. and uh, Yeah, let's do it again sometime. Sounds
1: good, John Denton, former stand out of UNLV. He could sling it all around the field. It was fun watching those days. And those were the days he talked about Sam Boyd Stadium. That's when the quarterbacks in the middle of the field were like four yards higher than the receivers running out routes because the field was so slanted. It it rose from the sideline to the the crescendo to the middle of the field and then back down. Uh, Had to be a real challenge. Maybe we'll get him on again and uh, talk about that in the future. Uh, But great stuff from John Denton, former Green Valley and uh, UNLV stand out. Uh, it is time for some important things, though. Important business here on the program as we get set for grab bag in a little bit. Uh, we'll do it when we come back, though. Uh, stay tuned. Big giveaway. If you guys want prizes, check it here.
0: Join the conversation on
1: Twitter at Cofield and Co.
0: Cofield and Company presents
1: Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Vegas, 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 Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Sorry. Wrapping things up, Cofield and Company on a Monday. We've got tickets for the Vegas Kickoff Classic coming up. We'll tell you how to win those in just a couple of minutes as we wrap things up uh, here uh adam hill and case keifer follow him on twitter at case Kiefer. uh i just said i don't want to overreact to the preseason but the saints are winning the super bowl Jameis winston's amazing
2: i'm in i told you i already bet him 30 to 1 i bet three super bowl futures in the offseason that was one so i hope you're right i'm a little concerned i don't love the bet right now because of the michael thomas situation but you said uh not, not, not even a concern in your mind so i like your optimism
1: there you go Jameis is awesome stick your hand in there Dave. Uh, I have like 30 stories, but we didn't get into some of teased earlier, so we'll talk about it briefly here. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the Raiders. Uh, I know this could probably be like a two-hour discussion, but your thoughts now compared to before training camp, now having watched them almost every day. I may need an intervention. You're going to have to okay. be honest with me here. Right. I am...
2: I would say irrationally, at least compared to every other person I've heard, including our just now guest, John Denton. I think the Raiders are going to be really good this year. Not like Super Bowl contending good, but I think that their win total, which is still, you can find some sevens juiced around town. I think that is way too low. I just, this team has been the last two years, a decent defense away from being a playoff team. And this defense just looks so much better to me. I think that the additions of Nkalkwe and uh, Casey Hayward are huge. Uh, I just, I trust this offense even with the rebuild offensive line, like everyone forgets that last year, the offensive line was like a makeshift carousel unit. Like it can't be much worse. I just, I I don't see how the Raiders aren't the second best team in the AFC West coming into the year. And and I'm not a Homer at all. I swear I was down on the Raiders last year. I can't remember the last time I was bullish on the Raiders coming into a season, but I just feel it's like they have the pieces for a a playoff appearance this year.
1: Yeah. I'm actually totally with you. Now, my thoughts have changed from training camp. I, I went into training camp thinking they could be awful. Um, I really really like the influx of talent on the defensive side and I like Gus Bradley's system much better for this defense. So I think the defense I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they could take a step forward from like the 30th defense to like the 20th, 20 to 22 kind of range and if you're there, the offense you had last year which I don't think is going to take a big step backward. Uh, you have that same offense you had from last year. This team's going to be just fine. So I'm pretty I'm pretty high especially, especially compared to where I was earlier on the Raiders. That'll do it from here. We got the giveaway coming up just in a second, but anything people should check out from you? Uh, Just check at Case
2: Kiefer Twitter, Las Vegas Sun, uh, Case Kiefer, Las Vegas Weekly. Check it out. That's it.
1: There you go. Check out all this stuff and the Psycho Fest review uh, that we mentioned earlier. Go check that out. That's key. Uh, Right now, though, if you want to go to the Vegas Kickoff Classic, BYU against Arizona, that's at Allegiant Stadium. Your chance to check out the stadium and some great college football action. I know Case is in BYU, Arizona, Saturday, September 4th at Allegiant. Tickets at LVBowl.com. 11th Caller. Right now, you're going for free. 11th Caller, the Vegas kickoff classic. We'll talk to you tomorrow.